Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Need some love like I never needed love before. Once some haunted houses, baby. I had a little ghost. Hold on. I had a little ghost. Now I'm back for more. Wanna creep with ya, baby? Set my spirit free. It's the only way to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our spooky travel series. I think along the way, though, our haunted hotels kind of meshed with spooky travel and it became one series but we're just going to roll with it. Well, we started with haunted hotels and then we (laughs) forgot that we can go places and that like travel exists because, I mean, I think that when you're talking about spooky travel, all of the hotels won't always be open forever because like, I don't know if it's a haunted hotel, it's got to set on fire at some time, right? So like, that's just how it works. So they might not exist for some period of time, but we might still talk about them. So it's like, travel but also maybe just a look back but anyway all that to say yes they did they did blend into one (laughs) it happened it happened we didn't realize till recently insert spice girl song (laughs) i need some love like i never needed love before once haunted houses baby i had a little ghost now i'm back for more wanna creep with ya baby set my spirit free only way to be (laughs) oh man i'm crying because that was just random we didn't plan that amanda can't plan for who i am (laughs) she's just like i'm just gonna let this happen because what am i gonna you know once i start sometimes thank you for that thank you for this (laughs) anywho we have an actual episode we're talking about today right we do i think Ah, little outline in front of me about it (laughs) so the spooky travel series is pretty much my favorite i think And it's also very helpful. We're pretty much travel agents now, right? Like it helps plan trips because now we know the idea of where we want to go and what we want to see in various parts of the world. I don't disagree with you. I think that I actually uh, struggle to not pick haunted hotel spooky travel more often than not. Because I was like, the last time I had the pick the episode hat on, I did. It was Death by Chocolate. And I was like, do we need a spooky travel one? And I was like, I just did Appalachia. So I have to wait. And then I'm glad I did because I am excited about what you, when wearing the I'm picking the episode hat, decided. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. So today we will be traveling to a historic hotel in Salem, Massachusetts. If you've ever heard of it. Just a little place called Salem. It's no Malvern. It's no, I mean, but... it's no Malvern, but a few people have heard of Salem. A couple. I've never been to Salem, although having lived on the East Coast all of my life. And I feel like it needs to happen. I think so. Yeah. And the hotel is called the Hawthorne Hotel. Not to be confused with Hawthorne Heights. That's I all fucking I fucking knew it. I was looking at it and I was like, she's going to make a Hawthorne Heights joke. There's no way she can't. They actually would um revoke your emo card if you didn't. That would have been unfortunate. Well, before we head on to Massachusetts, we do want to announce something to our patrons. We just finished our Patreon night, and it was so much fun. 
I actually brought the most terrifying doll I could find. And I think it went well. It did go well. It was a terrifying doll. I am still scarred by it. Like, I feel like I have like a cold sweat when I think (laughs) about that gal. And that's all we ever wanted. (laughs) Cold sweat. Cold sweat and a ghost parody, baby. (laughs) Perfect. And uh, the ghost parody you probably heard at the beginning and you'll hear again probably at the end. Anyways, so we have another fun secret Patreon insider behind the scenes. I don't know what to call it. Coming up in April. And we will give more details as April comes closer. But if you're thinking about joining our Patreon, now is the time because then you'll be the first to get the deets and the hot goss to what's going on in April. We are so fucking hyped about the secret thing that is happening. And it's something that Amanda and I didn't really think about like, oh, this is a possibility. When we started True Creeps, we were like, we're going to make a podcast where we talk about spooky things and success means her and I are having fun and we haven't pissed anybody off whose opinion matters right agreed yeah i mean and still the success metric but the best part has been like getting to know people and being able to like creep of folks and building a community and it's something we really want to lean into this year and i think our patreon like is a cool space to be doing that we had our patreon night which was like you know a fun chill night but this is like insert big thing and so i'm very excited and if you want to be a part of that in a live way took me 10 minutes to figure out the word for that after Amanda. I say I figured it out like Amanda didn't just fucking tell me it uh, because this is the surprising second time I'm saying this sentiment. But if you want to be live with it, definitely take a look at our Patreon tiers, which started a dollar. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, we're very, very excited. We've been planning this for a long time and it's been hard to keep it a secret. So I'm really excited that we at least can hint towards it now because it's been months that we've been planning this. Yeah, my brain is simply on ghost parody mode, and I'm going to try to keep out of it, but I can't guarantee it now. It's where we are. But you know what? Maybe we'll talk about our episode, and we're going to start with history of the Hawthorne Hotel. So before the Hawthorne Hotel existed, the property housed what was called the Franklin Building, and it was designed and constructed by Samuel McIntyre in 1809, and his plan was to create like a multi-purpose building that could be used by lots of different groups. And so this particular building, and eventually the Hawthorne Hotel, same site, sat in the center of Salem's business district, and it was used for shops, offices for local businesses, and then for some richy McRitchrich people who could afford to live there, it was also apartments. And, you know, I talked about it earlier. Did we cut that? Who could say? But like many other haunted places we've talked about, this building has caught fire many times, and I feel like any time more than once equals many, by the way. So this has caught fire three times. So once in 1845, then again in 1859, and then the third was on October 21st of 1860, and that fire was more comprehensive and destroyed the entire building. The fire was so intense and noteworthy that the New York Times wrote about it. And in that article, it mentioned that the building was occupied by several stores, a school, and rooms, and it was being valued at about $25,000. But remember, this is like 1860. So clearly worth a lot of money today. Yeah. Again, so valued at 25000 in terms of like what was actually there. But the insurance was only for 13000 which meant that 
you know, there's the building and the fact that it takes money to build the building and then everything in it and what it's valued for. So the loss ended up being about $35,000. Again, a lot of money, especially back then. Yes, yes. So there's a book called Historical Sketch of Salem that went into what happened with the fire. And it mentions that the insurance had expired just a few hours before the big fire. But between the, quote, generosity of the insurance company and the liberal contributions of citizens, they were able to build a new building. How crazy is that? Could you imagine an insurance company being helpful to start? No, I cannot. But also, I was like, how would it have just expired a few hours ago? But like, if your insurance policy ends on Sunday, and then on Monday, you Mm -hmm. wreck the thing that was insured, it was just a few hours ago. But oh, that must have been like, painful painful yes for the owner yes i saw some articles that talked about more specifics but i couldn't find any reliable sources that said this but it sounded like the fire was very early in the morning Mm. and that there was like a disconnect as to when the insurance was going to expire whether or not they even knew it oh painful very painful well like we mentioned a moment ago they did eventually build a new building and that construction began in 1863 And the building was opened again in 1864. Now, before the Franklin Building even existed, the Salem Marine Society had occupied any building that was at this address for many years. And what the Salem Marine Society is, is it's actually the oldest organization in the city. And before it was the Franklin Building, both one and two, it was a, quote, nondescript building, as some sources called it. We did some digging, and we found one source that did go back all the way to 1675, when it was a house built by Colonel John Higginson. And it changed hands over the years and eventually was torn down in 1809. And we believe that that nondescript building may have been called the Archer Block. And then it changed hands a few more times. And then the Salem Marine Society took hold of it in 1818. And that's when it was renamed the Franklin Building. Now, the original purpose of the Salem Marine Society was to be a safe haven for sailors, also to help families that lost loved ones at sea, and to expand the knowledge of ocean navigation. So they had a lot to do. Hmm. With each building, the Salem Marine Society was able to operate from it. So every time it changed in any way, they were still there. Then things started to change around 1921, when Salem residents decided that they needed a local hotel to help attract more people to the area. Also, they really wanted it to be fancy. So the residents decided, we want this to take the place of the Franklin Building. And of course, there were debates because the Salem Marine Society was there, right? Mm -hmm. But finally, they agreed to give it up as long as the hotel builders allowed them to set up their new headquarters at the top of the new hotel. So they're like, sure, you can have our building, but we still want space there. You can make it a hotel as long as we can be there. Interesting. (laughs) They also had one more demand. They wanted their office to be an exact replica of the cabin from the vessel Terea Topan, which was one of the last Salem vessels to trade in the East Indies. So they're like, we want it to be exact from this. And the hotel people were like, okay, we got you. We'll do it. I love how extra that is. Like, yeah, just no reason we went on offices and they're like, sounds great. Sounds great. Also, we want it to look like a boat inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay. And The cabin replica is actually really cool looking. Like, it's really special. Just kind of a fun fact. The Salem Marine Society is still around. And some of the current members are actually direct relatives from the members of this time. Oh, fascinating. So I thought that was neat. Yeah. It also is very well maintained. You can tell that they're using a lot of insert wood 
thing on the walls because it's all wooden <laughs> is walls. It suspiciously wooden. Honestly, I was thinking it before you said it. Yes, it is suspiciously wooden. There's a lot of wood. Yeah. But I mean, it's a boat inside thing. So fair. Yeah. But just fascinating. And interestingly, that's not available to the public. I believe you have to be a member or a guest of a member in order to go there. Okay, so when we eventually one day go to Salem, we need to make friends with these folks so we can get up in that boat room. (laughs) So we can go to the boat room. Yes. So while researching the hotel, the Salem Marine Society was one of the most interesting pieces of history with it. So they've had obviously deep ties with the hotel. So that's why we brought it up. That makes sense. So the Hawthorne Hotel was named after Nathaniel Hawthorne, who was born a few blocks away from the hotel in 1804 in Salem, Massachusetts. If you're not remembering what Nathaniel Hawthorne is famous for, he was an author, much to every high schooler's sadness, because he wrote (laughs) Scarlet Letter, which is, it's a well-written book, but it is a painful read. Mm -hmm. And so where the hotel is located, it's not just near where he was, you know, living. It's also near other buildings that had connections to him, like where he wrote certain books as well. And so Frank Poor, the founder of the High Grade Sylvania Lighting Company, first envisioned a modern hotel for business travelers, as one does. <laughs> the building was founded by citizens of the community in 1923, and they raised the money to build the hotel through the Salem Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary Club. And it was built through stock purchases from citizens of Salem as Salem's People's Hotel, which is really interesting to think about. Yeah, like, they really wanted their hotel. Like, fucking crowdfunding. We are doing it. Yeah. The people who did this would have fucking loved GoFundMe. Anyway, so more than a half a million dollars worth of stock was sold in a single week. And the residents owned the hotel through that stock until World War II when a group of local businessmen acquired the controlling interest. So the people of Salem also raised an additional $10,000 so that they could move the statue of Nathaniel Hawthorne onto Hawthorne Boulevard, which is right across the street from the hotel. The construction for the hotel began in 1924, and it opened on July 23rd of 1925. And again, not surprising at all, because everybody was like super fucking hyped about this hotel. It was a massive event, and there was a flag raising ceremony and a parade. When the hotel first opened, it had 93 rooms, which includes six suites. We did see some sources that said 150 rooms. So we're not quite sure, but it was somewhere between 93 and 150. But now it has 89 guest rooms. So in the 1940s, the hotel wanted to expand their parking lot. So they bought the Crown and Chill Bentley house, which is right next door. And they moved that house across the street. So like they didn't tear it down. They just moved it. Yeah. And as an interesting note about this particular house, it said that H.P. Lovecraft's story, The Thing on the Doorstep, is believed to have taken place in the house. So it's set there. Well, interesting note. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a fun fact. Yeah. And the Crown and Shield Bentley House was eventually donated to the Essex Institute in 1959. So during this time, because more people were driving, that's why they expanded the parking lot. But it's also why they changed the name to the Hawthorne Motor Hotel. And... Around this same time, they also wanted to appear more modern, so they made some changes to the hotel. So they covered the Paladin windows in the ballroom. That ended up being temporary. They also replaced the second floor balcony with a meeting space, and they made a lot of the guest rooms bigger. During the 50s, the hotel added air conditioning, TVs, radio, and then in-room bathrooms. Necessary. 
all necessary. Those are all basic things now, but I would imagine like during the 1950s, people were like, ooh, fancy. Because I mean, some motels still have like, we have HBO. And I'm like, I'm not watching HBO here. (laughs) You know. It's also interesting now to think like when you think of a nice hotel, I typically don't see the word motor in it. Yeah, I mean, I think that was obviously temporary. It's not called that anymore. But I think it was just to appeal to the driving people since that was like a new thing that people would own cars and drive around. So throughout the years, the hotel went through various changes and hosted a variety of different events, activities, and even special guests. In the 60s, Miss Harriet James held a dance school inside the hotel, and they also had annual celebrations inside the Grand Ballroom. In the 60s, this is like the most exciting thing, the show Bewitched filmed the Salem Saga, which was seven episodes, and they had scenes within the hotel. Hot dog. Right? It aired on October 8th of 1970. That's when the seven episodes started. And at first, the townspeople were not happy that the witchcraft reputation was being put in the spotlight again. They were like, we don't want anything to do with this. (laughs) Cute, Salem. Cute. Right? But eventually they got over it. And something really fun is they ended up making a bewitched monument. And it's about a three-minute drive from the hotel. That's cool. And one of the most iconic scenes from that episode was actually filmed in the elevators at the Hawthorne. And I remembered this episode. I was like, oh, I think I know which one. And I went back and I watched it again. And there's a part where she's getting in the elevator to go up back to her room and her husband is going back down to like the restaurant. And so it's like a cute scene where they're inside the elevators. And from pictures that I've seen, it looks the same today, like the elevators. So kind of fun. Oh. We also saw that some of the actors stayed at the hotel during filming, and it's believed that Elizabeth Montgomery stayed in room 512. The hotel lobby also still leans into this, and they hold a lot of the memorabilia from the show. So they have a couple of the scripts and I believe a menu that was used in the show for that episode. It's interesting to think that like, we haven't even gotten to any of the spooky parts of this, but when you hear about a place that has this much history and going on in it, it's like you know that it has to be fucking haunted. Right. There's something there. (laughs) Yeah, there has to be. And then sometime in the 70s, the hotel went through a foreclosure and they shut down for over a year. The hotel was also known as the Hawthorne Inn for a few years during this time, but it went back to the Hawthorne Hotel in 1989. And then in 1976, the hotel made some renovations. Are we ready to get to the spooky, Amanda? Are we We ready for it? Always. Okay. So... In 1990, the hotel hosted an unsuccessful seance on October 30th, and they were trying to contact, (laughs) this makes me laugh because it feels very random, Harry Houdini, and it was the 64th anniversary of his death, and they were like, now's the fucking time. Let's get Harry on the fucking seance line. Let's go. (laughs) But so, in that same year, the hotel was added to the list of historic hotels of America by the National Trust for Historic Preservation. Then the next year in 1991, they began the tradition of hosting a haunted Halloween party. In 1997, in October, as they were preparing for the Halloween event, a small fire started in the basement. Luckily, no one was hurt and there wasn't too much damage. But some believe that the threat of fire may be responsible for some of the paranormal activity. Interesting. Normally don't see that as the cause. Well, I wonder if it was like the energies were like, Oh, not again. So much fire. Like the ghosts were like, so help me God, if you don't maintain this building, I am going to haunt the fuck out of you. Now, look what you've done. Now I've got to haunt you because you are not practicing fire safety. Like it's like that. Maybe. Interesting. But so 
One source said that there have been six fires at the hotel, but we couldn't tell whether that was six fires when the hotel was a hotel or if there have been six fires at that site. Yeah, in history. Either is way too fucking many for one location. A lot. Yes, a lot. So in 2003, the Susanna Flint guest house was purchased by the hotel. And earlier we said that they built the parking lot and the structure that was there and that got moved. This house was located on the other side of what the parking lot was. So in 2011, after researching the building's history, it was renamed as the Fidelia Bridges Guest House. And that was to commemorate an artist named Fidelia Bridges who once lived there. Which I love that. Yeah, I like that the hotel did its research and was like, actually, this would be cool. Fucking please do some research. We love we love a little research. So in 2007, Ghost Hunters, not to be confused with Ghost Adventures, did an investigation of the hotel. We looked for the episode, but we couldn't find this particular episode because this season was unavailable in a lot of streaming services, which is we'll typically watch episodes of like shows relating to our haunted places. But Travelocity has also named Hawthorne Hotel as the fourth most haunted hotel in America. Love that. Which I feel like that's a high number. It is. And, you know, let's talk about some of the famous visitors that they've had. Johnny Cash, fucking 10 out of 10. Love him. George W. Bush and his wife, Laura. Uh. Colin Powell. Bill Clinton. Actresses Betty Davis and Vanessa Redgrave. Robert De Niro, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence. And they stayed there and shot some scenes from Joy in that hotel. So, interesting. Yeah. I like that a lot of places like to film there. It does look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty hotel. I mean, the outside is just like a big brick building, but the inside is really cool. Yeah. So, now let's get to the hauntings. While researching, I was like, okay, now that we know the history, it seems like there's a lot of history, which would cause perhaps some hauntings. But it's not like, you know, there's a ton of death or it's not like some of the hospitals that we've talked about, you know, like when hundreds or thousands of people have died at this location. That's not quite it. But we all know Salem has a big history and that might provide some insight as to why it's haunted. We've also talked about this in other episodes that like hotels tend to be a place with a higher than average frequency of bad shit happening, right? People are more likely to take their own lives there, to engage in some other behaviors because they purposely don't want their families to find them. So I would be surprised if there's just things that we just don't know about or crimes that you don't know about because not every business wants everyone to know when someone's been murdered there. I'm not saying people have been murdered there or that they have like a bizarrely high suicide rate for a hotel, but we do know that hotels do have higher suicide rates than other types of buildings. That's true. And that's partially because people go there to do that. Yeah. Well, as you said, you know, it's already on some lists for being haunted. Well, this hotel is actually considered the most haunted hotel in Salem, which Salem's a spooky place in general. So one of the most haunted in Salem is pretty good. Yeah. So throughout the hotel, people have reported a bunch of different things. We're going to list them, but they're not associated with any particular spot in the hotel. It's just throughout the hotel. People have experienced moving furniture, both seeing it move and, you know, like coming back to the room and things being moved around. Tell me why I thought you were going to say being on the furniture while it's moving. Like <laughs> No, they didn't chair. ride the furniture the while like, it was moving. I want it over here. I don't care if you're fucking sitting on it. Like, just rude ghosts. I mean, maybe. Maybe they just were too scared to come forward. Maybe that happened. (laughs) Uh, A lot of people have heard unexplainable noises. Some have even heard voices when there's no one else around. 
and others have heard footsteps. Some people have reported seeing strange myths. Dislike. Which that would freak me out a lot. (laughs) And then Lindsay's favorite, phantom smells. Some smell apples. And they believe that one of the accused witches from the Salem witch trials, Bridget Bishop, had an apple orchard on the same land. She was the first woman executed during the Salem witch trials. And we actually already talked about her and the witch trials in our Hocus Pocus episode. That was an interesting dive, a deep dive into it. It was. I was excited to learn more about it because it's an iconic spooky thing in America. And I think very interesting. Yeah. Well, some historians do argue that, you know, her apple orchard was actually elsewhere. And according to the Salem Witch Museum, her orchards and property was on the southeast corner of Washington in present day Church Street. And it extended east past where Turner Seafood is today. So that's about a five to seven minute walk from the hotel, according to Google. And the hotel is east of this location. So depending on how big the orchards were, perhaps maybe there was some overlap or it was close enough to where they could smell it from where the building is. But again, like that's a big debate online. Interesting. (laughs) Although I wouldn't mind smelling apples at a hotel. You know how sometimes it's like cigarette smoke? I'd rather smell the apples. yeah. Or it's like noxious chemical smells. Yeah. I would absolutely love to smell a phantom apple, right? Yeah. Unless I would wonder if there is some sort of like insert toxic thing that smells like apples, you know? I hope not. There's like random like chartreuse mold smells like green apples for some reason. (laughs) I don't think chartreuse mold's a thing. I'm I'm simply making things up. But I was like, I haven't heard of that one. But again, I love a ghost smell. You know what I do. Yeah. Some people have claimed to see spirits of mariners and sea captains inside the hotel. And others have reported seeing faces in the mirrors when taking pictures, which that one like makes my heart really scared. (laughs) Like the, the thought of seeing something in a mirror or taking a picture and something appearing in a mirror is one of like the big scary things to me. I don't know why. Well, I think it's because the idea of there being something there that you can't see with your eyes. Yeah. But it exists in either a camera lens or in the mirror. And like you couldn't have seen it. It's like an uncontrollable situation. Well, it's funny because I'm like, yeah, I'm all for going to spooky places, right? Like I love going. I don't mind staying in a haunted hotel. But the thought of having to wash my face and close my eyes in front of a mirror or (laughs) taking a picture and looking at the picture and there's something being in the mirror. That's a big no. Yes. And also now with technology, you can look at your picture immediately. Mm -hmm. But back in the day when you had to go get your film developed to be able to see it, it's not as though you're going to know right then. It's you're going to know at some later date that there was an entity just like (laughs) chilling next to you. And I don't like that. Like, I like the idea of an instant. Oh, I can see them now. Not a. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's fine. I took a mirror picture and there was a ghost next to me. Cool, 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 cool. Like that's that's a different feeling. That's different altogether. Agreed. But so we're going to just jump into some more particular stories. And the first is that one employee was working in the night shift and they were working in the lower deck, also known as the basement. So he was working and then stepped away from where he was working. And when he came back, the entire setup was changed. And some sources say that it was the furniture that was moved. After this, he refused to work the night shift again, which I feel like that's very fair yeah. because that would stress me the fuck out, especially like say you didn't hear it or something like that. Also, just as a side note, 
Like, do not change my workstation. I will be very unhappy. Like, if I don't know where, like, things should be, yeah, I would be just annoyed, not even spooked out, just annoyed, but also to be annoyed and scared. <laughs> well, I don't want to do the work great. twice. No, thank you. Yeah. And so earlier we talked about the Salem Marine Society and their boat floor, but it's that rooftop that has the replica cabin. And people have claimed that when they're in there, they've seen the ship's helm turn. And then after closing up the area for the night, some have come back the next morning to see that items that are usually locked up are strewn all over the room. And this will be things like charts, other objects, antique maps. And I would say that, like, if you are thinking of nautical items that would be locked up because they're collector's items, I would think that there would be, like, protractors for navigation and older writing utensils because, like... You know, it's going to be different than what we have today, right? And then things so they could look further in the distance. Like all of these are tools that a person would use a lot and they might have their energy attached to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just saying. <laughs> so the next story was in room 314 and people have had the feeling of someone tucking on their feet while they're trying to sleep. And I think that the most important part of that sentence is trying to sleep because the second something touches my feet, I'm not fucking (laughs) sleeping. We made a whole episode on that. We have a whole fucking episode on it. It's called Tuck Your Tootsies. Fucking (laughs) weird. You can tell what I've named an episode when it's fucking weird as hell. Man, it's just like... (sighs) It's a good episode. She's into it. She's into it. But don't fucking like that. So also in room 314, the closet sometimes will feel like someone is holding it shut when a guest is trying to open it. That would just immediately make me think that somebody was in the room and I would be similarly terrified of like, oh, because I think that haunting things that feel like there could be a person there are the things that scare me the most because I am more unnerved by a current alive human than an apparition or a ghost only because i haven't had to be more scared of ghosts than i've had to deal with real people who've done terrible things but i think i would probably just be like and this isn't my room now like i believe (laughs) it it is yours goodbye (laughs) there's a man in the walls i'm not staying here there's no evidence of there being a man in the walls i just want to specify that but if (laughs) i felt like someone tugging a door shut and then it just suddenly stopped, I would not assume haunting. I would assume man on the walls. Yeah. Immediately. So there's also been drastic changes in temperature. There's also room 325. And this is said to be the most haunted room. But some people consider the whole entire third floor to be spooky because, you know, we were just in 314. People have reported hearing a child crying. Then some people have, uh, they've reported having invisible hands touching them. Amanda wrote, perhaps a face massage in our uh, (laughs) outline. But what people have felt is people touching their hair and their hands and like tugging at the sheets while they sleep. I do need to point out that I like my nails having been done and I like my hair having been done, but the process of doing it, I do not like. The people who do it, who I like regularly see are treasures, delights, incredibly skilled. I respect their work. If I could be asleep instead of being awake while getting these services, it would take 15% 15% of the stress out of my life. That's probably a high number, but I don't like to be always be perceived, but I like having the things done. And it is often like the having to see other people part 
that gets me to wait too long and then my nails are grown out or my hair looks weird. And so I'm like, I would absolutely love if I could have ghost hairstylists and nail techs. So you can't see them? But then that means they're stuck in their profession. Yeah, they are. You're going back on your word there. Maybe it's a hobby. It's ghosts that have taken up the trade after they've died. Hobby. I took it as you wanted to be like under anesthesia to get your hair done. I mean, don't threaten (laughs) me with a good time. (laughs) Ben like actively likes anesthesia. He's like, ooh, what a nice nap. He's like so cavalier about it. Weirdo. I know. I know. But anyway... Back to the room 325. People see the lights turning on and off, and then they'll also hear the faucet turning on and off, which interesting. Then people are also experiencing cold spots and floral smells, and then the doors will open and shut by themselves. And there are several reviews that we saw where people have said that they experienced the doors closing and opening on their own. Interesting. I would not like Oh, yeah. No, I would not like that either. (laughs) I will point out, we have totally different than like a bathroom sink, obviously, but we have a touch faucet in my kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. And we figured out that when the dishwasher is going, sometimes it'll knock it to turn on somehow. Oh. And so we'd have it turn on and off. (laughs) I just have a weak ghost in my house. Like it couldn't turn the faucet on, but it can it can tip tap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move to room 612 and the entire sixth floor. People have reported seeing a ghostly woman, Mm -hmm. and she wanders the halls, but usually stops at the door of room 612. Some believe that this is Bridget Bishop. But again, we really couldn't find any definite ties to this land, but she was close by. So like, perhaps she visited maybe the house that used to be there or something. It seems like they're just making her into the boogeyman, honestly, that like everything is her unless otherwise stated. Yeah, I mean, I will say she did live close by. And we know that there was like a home and it changed hands several times before the Franklin building existed. So perhaps she had like gone to that home at some point. I don't know. I don't know why it would be 612 in particular, though, on the sixth floor. But (laughs) maybe she does have some ties there. Inside the room, some have seen this ghostly woman, quote, parading around the room. That would be really unsettling. And some have seen her nearly translucent figure in the mirror. Again, no thank you. Don't want that. Parading around the room, though. Is it she's strutting? Does it mean I don't she's know. Got a, I feel like she's like dancing on? around. She's having a good time. She's like working it as she walks through the room. I don't know. What an interesting way of phrasing it. Yeah. Now, some people have also reported having an uneasy feeling while inside the room and that they don't feel alone. So even if they are alone, there's no one else in the room. They don't feel like they're alone. Fucking nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah. So still on the sixth floor, let's move to room 610. There's a user on TripAdvisor called Turnist1 who left a review stating that after turning the lights out at 11 p.m., they heard a very loud sound in the room and it made them and their guests jump up from bed. They thought someone maybe had opened the door. And so, of course, they go to investigate. The door was shut. They opened their door. They looked outside the room. No one was there. They looked around to see if anything had fallen or, you know, anything was out of place. Nothing seemed to be different or changed. And so they were testing things, trying to replicate the sound. And what they found is by swinging the metal safety lock on the door really hard against the doorframe, it recreated what they heard. So they were freaked out, but they say that they did not feel threatened. And I thought it was funny. The general manager actually replied and said that they would keep a report on file for future reference. Uh, In an unrelated note... The person in the adjacent room said that there was uh, just a fucking (laughs) cacophony of sound at 11 (laughs) p.m. 
<laughs> as the people in the next room began banging on things. Like, <laughs> could you imagine being next to them, just being like, what the fuck is happening in that room? They're right. just banging the hell around. <laughs> I mean, I like that they were like, all right, let's figure it out. Let's figure out what oh, happened. I mean, <laughs> same. I also would have been like, it was something in here and now I have to know. Right, right. Another haunted spooky place in the building is the restaurant and it's called the tavern. And people have witnessed items moving by themselves. And one of the items is another ship's wheel or helm and it's on display. And people have seen it moving back and forth like someone was still sailing. Hmm. So there's also reports from a room which doesn't have the number listed, but a guest reported that their sister woke up in the middle of the night and they saw a pink haze glowing against one of the room's walls. And then at 5.11 in the morning, the bathroom door slammed shut by itself. They like to slam doors here. They are just very angry. Or the doors are very light and the ghosts are very strong. Who could say? So people have also heard knocking and footsteps in the library. There are many ghost tours in the area that stop at the Hawthorne Hotel, but we didn't see that the Hawthorne Hotel themselves actually had a ghost tour that they provide. However, for Valentine's Day, they did have an anti-Valentine's tour on the trolley that went around Salem. Cute. So we're talking about ghosts, as always. We want to know who's haunting the hotel, right? A lot of people think that it's victims from the Salem witch trial. However, none of the executions happened where the building is. And then other people speculate that the fires created paranormal activity from that negative energy. And so that's what started it. I don't love this theory, but I digress. There's my one. (laughs) There's your one. Well, another idea is that a bunch of the sea captains might be haunting this building. And it's because a lot of them built the surrounding buildings and they had a lot of connections to the Salem Marine Society. So maybe they're returning to where they lived and hung out or they still think that they're holding their meetings after death. Hmm. Also, remember, we talked about how some of the buildings were moved, right? So maybe they're returning back to their land or perhaps the people that lived there before the Franklin building. Another idea is that some of their belongings are inside the hotel. And so we've talked about haunted objects before, and perhaps some of those objects are the reason for the paranormal activity. So with all of that being said, Lindsay, what are your thoughts? Is it haunted? And would you want to visit? I do think it's haunted because there's enough stuff happening in different locations throughout the building that suggests that it's not just, oh, the electrical's weird or, oh, there's a draft, right? So I do think it's haunted. I don't think it's a fire. I also don't think it's victims from the Salem witch trial. I think that it might just be people around, right? It's in a populated place where people have lived for centuries. So it's not surprising that There might be some people around milling about who exist in this hotel, especially if you're thinking like, yes, there are artifacts from various mariners throughout the years. But also that organization has existed in that building for a really long time. So it's even possible that like people who were previously members went back to a place that they loved. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not altogether strange to me. Saw their friends. Yeah. And saw their friends. Oftentimes when we talk about haunted hotels, you have this like image of like, a Victorian-esque room. Things with a lot of filigree, but that's not what these rooms look like. They're they're pretty modern looking and like classy, right? It seems like everything is relatively contemporary. So I wouldn't think that it's decor that exists in the hotel, like antiques that are holding onto these spirits. But I, I could see how, you know, one, bad stuff happens at hotels. It's a known fact. Therefore, perhaps bad stuff happened there at some point. But I mean, I think it's just a a mixed bag with like no one big event or group taking more than another. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And they're like 
different types of hauntings too. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say like it's one spirit. Maybe there's more. I think kind of not necessarily the fires started paranormal activity, but I think because of a big negative thing happening could create a lot of big energy in a sense. And perhaps the energy is kind of replaying, if that makes sense. Like the the big scary thing that happened. I don't know, people stressing because of the fire, things being lost, or even, you know, the land changed hands many times before this hotel was there. So there have been, like you said, a number of people there on that land for many, many years. In addition, I've been reading a really good book that was recommended to me by Lexi, who runs the October All Year Instagram. If you haven't checked it out, her pictures are great. I don't want to give too much away because we'll be talking about this in the future. But the author explores a lot of ideas as to what might cause a haunting. And I really liked one of the ideas that they explore. And it's that a place that has a big past can harbor energy, right? We've talked about that before. And perhaps when people visit this place, especially like a public building, they may be leaving behind spirits that are usually with them. So let's say someone has a person that follows them or a ghost or spirit that was drawn to them for whatever reason. Perhaps when they go to this place and they're like, oh, this energy is interesting to me. Or maybe there's other spirits that they're like, okay, I like hanging out here. After the person leaves, perhaps they leave that spirit there. And so what they explore is that some people believe that certain energies can draw spirits entities, and even demons to it. Not saying that that's what's happening here, but I thought it was an interesting theory. So if there were big feelings and big energies in the past here, and if energy does indeed remain in an area, I feel like that that could be true. So maybe we don't have like a definite idea of who's haunting this place, but with so many claims and weird stories, I feel like there has to be something going on here. So I would say, yes, it is haunted. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. It's also an interesting perspective on like, leaving ghosts as you go places, right? And ghosts being like, hmm, maybe I'll stay. Yeah, yeah. I I hadn't really thought of that before because we're always saying like, oh, so-and-so died here. They haunt here or this horrible thing happened here and, you know, these people remained. But it's it's different to think like that they travel like the Blair Witch. (laughs) She does here and there. So would I visit here? Absolutely. Salem is one of my bucket list items. I really, really want to go when I get the chance. Same, same. It's also, it's closer to me than it is to you, but it's also not as, it's not like a quick day trip. Yeah. So I'd want to stay a while. I would want to stay a while. And I would think I would want to stay during not the fall. Yes. So that I could have like time to like really look and take things in without it being too touristy, which is, I know, very rich as a person who is a tourist. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, as always, we want to know, have you been to Salem? Have you visited this hotel? If you have, do you think it's haunted? And then are there any other places you think that we should talk about in our spooky travel series? Is there a place where you're planning on going this year and you're like, ooh, I would love to know some spooky history of that area? Tell us. Yes. Let us let us inform you. <laughs> Tell you a tale. If We're you your travel agents now, clearly. We're your travel agents. Travel agents. Spooky parody writers. Podcasters. Our resume is very long. We are... Complicated women, you know, multifaceted, <laughs> talented. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> have a great weekend. <laughs> Thanks for creeping with us. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) Inevitably, there will be haunted hotels that we inevitably talk about. That was why did I say inevitably twice in that sentence? It's your new favorite word. Oh, fucking Christ, digress. I digress. Inevitably. Oh, <laughs> I just I don't even remember what episode. I blocked it out. I was just like afterwards I was like, "Well, I only get one digress per episode now, and once it's done, it's done." They just uh, announced a tour too, and they're not coming here, and I was very sad. Are they a part of the emo tour that you could come to here to see, but you've chosen not to because <laughs> you don't like me? Oh, is that why? <laughs> <Not> that. <laughs> There's no other reason. It's simply that you don't like me. By the way, this oh, is our, okay. apparently our last episode because Amanda hates me. <laughs> it's because also because we found our, our true calling. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have invited you to when we were young three years now. Amanda, there's just no fucking way I'm going to put myself with that many people. Like, if you know anything about me, you know that this is great one-on-one. But if you were like, hey, now be charming with like 3,000 people where everyone's squished together, it's very loud, you're going to want to wear something. 3,000, cute. I know. Three. I say like in one fucking, like in a general room, you're like, I would like to get a burger. I am hungry. There's 3,000 people. Not, more, not like 3,000 people in all of Vegas because that would be a treasure and a delight. More so just like, just a ton of fucking people. Everyone is touching me and sweating near me and loud (laughs) i'm I'm 87 years old i understand how a concert works and you want to go to the one by you i'm what i'm saying is that (laughs) i could be persuaded to go to that one if i didn't have to first get on an airplane pack my clothing disrupt my routine not be near my cats like i could be persuaded near more of my routine than i could to go to vegas to do it because i also feel like Dude, I am a fucking routine baby. When Ben's like, we're going to drive to a place rather than fly, I'm like, did you just propose to me? That's how much I like, how strongly I feel about being able to drive somewhere where I can bring like a pillow that I like and a soft blanket to lay on because I don't like other people's sheets because I'm a fucking weirdo. This is obviously going on the end of the end of the, end of the, the, end of the episode, but all this to say that you know, yes, you have invited me to when we were young. I like also, by the way, that like we're acting as though you had to invite me. Like I couldn't go unless Amanda okayed it. Well, yeah, I'm the queen of when we were young, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> when our uh, <laughs> when our our ghost parody pop writing takes off, maybe you could be like an opening night person because like you you're, you would be new. So we couldn't be during then because it's when we were young and we're old now, but we could be a kickoff. Like a pre-party type of situation? Pre-party. Ghost party. <laughs> like a, like a hey, while we've got all y'all weirdos in the one place, I bet you like ghosts. I fucking bet you do. Let us sing you a little ditty. We're bards now. <laughs> Wonderful. Perfect. I love it. 
why do I'm fucking with my buttons? If you want to be a part of it so long as there's cell service, man, it's like, I don't know why you're fucking with your buttons. But so <laughs> she's just unbuttoning her shirt. I don't know I, why. It's all fucked up and it keeps, it's all I can focus on. But should you want to be a part of the cool thing that we are not telling you what it is, but it will be cool in a way that is as it's happening. There's a word for this. Can I find it? Live? No. Live. Yeah. I'm too busy making up parodies in my head because a few minutes ago you said it's all we've ever wanted. And all I can do is it. it's all I've ever ghosted. And that's all that's happening in my head is that I can't focus on what we're actually doing here. Have you ever seen a house be moved? Yes. It's fucking wild. So on the street that I live on, it used to be property that was owned by my family and then it was parceled off. And my great uncle John built my house and several other houses but the other houses with the exception of like one house if they're not brick on my house it means they were taken from someplace else and brought here they filled the neighborhood with like pre-built houses and my grandparents house which used to exist right behind me but was torn down several years ago my brother built his house they bought that house for one dollar and moved it because they were like going to tear it down and my grandfather was like could i buy that for one dollar and they were like if you'll move it go for it which I honestly feel a lot. feels like a steal because like it's expensive to tear down a building and then to like deal with the debris right so like if someone's willing to take it why not so in 1990 the hotel hosted an unsuccessful seance seance what the fuck is wrong today i am broken and i've broken amanda as well people are feeling like they're being touched in their hair hands in their hair and in their hair people are in their hair Need some love like I never needed love before. Once wanted houses, baby. I had a little ghost. Hold on. I had a little ghost. Now I'm back for more. Wanna creep with ya, baby. Set my spirit free. It's the only way to be. My beautiful vocal Available stylings. on Spotify <laughs> <starting> next week. <laughs> oh, should we make it a song under Spotify? <laughs> oh my god. Do I want to write the whole song as a ghost haunting parody now? Yes. Yeah, I do. Are you musically inclined and you want to help with this because I'm not musically inclined person who's listening? If you're still listening after my song... Have your people call my people, which is <laughs> which is us on social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god, Amanda, this is this is what we turn into. We become parody musicians. Perfect. That's all we've ever wanted. <laughs> That's been our. <laughs> we've been playing the long game. <laughs> yeah, we just knew it would happen. Eventually. We just didn't know when. We're like something will happen if we record enough content, right? Like something yeah. will happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it did today <laughs> on this day. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome.